This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, yesterday in New York City, President Joe Biden said that he hopes there will be a ceasefire in Gaza by next Monday. There's no guarantee that, of course, that that will happen, but there are urgent talks being conducted in Paris and elsewhere with intermediaries trying to convey the demands of the Israelis and indeed of Hamas in order to achieve a ceasefire. It has to be said that almost 30,000 or an estimated 30,000 Gazans have uh, died since this began on October the 7th. It was, it began with a Hamas atrocity, which uh, saw 1,400 Israelis dead and in a gruesome manner, it is said. It is also the case that 250 people were taken hostage and many of those hostages are still retained by Hamas. However, the 30,000 figure and what we've seen of the starvation, the lack of medicine and all of that, these figures, although they do come from the health ministry in Gaza, which is controlled by Hamas, they are verified by international aid agencies. And all of us, I think, have seen pictures, the likes of which I personally have never seen before, and they are quite sickening. But in the case of Biden, this conflict is threatening his presidency in a very big way because he needs to win swing states. And in one of those swing states, Michigan, there are 200,000 Arab Americans who are unlikely to vote for Biden because of his support, continuing support for Benjamin Netanyahu. And last week in the United Kingdom, there was uproar in the House of Commons. The Speaker, Sir Lindsay Hoyle, almost lost his job and may yet lose his job for conspiring with Sakir Starmer to block an SNP amendment. It was an SNP day. They were entitled to pick the subject. But the speaker interfered with that. And Islamophobia is now very seriously a problem. At the weekend, the Conservative MP for Ashfield, 
a man called Lee Anderson, who had been a deputy chairman of the Tory party, was suspended by the Tories for refusing to apologise for comments aimed at Sadi Khan, who, he said, was being controlled by Islamists and thus that London was threatened by Islamists. So these are murky waters and it's a pleasure to welcome now to our podcast a very welcome guest. Peter Oburn is a British journalist and broadcaster. He's a very brave, courageous journalist, highly regarded, award-winning on many occasions, two occasions as the best journalist in Britain, Journalist of the Year, and he's continued to be celebrated for his work for Middle East Eye, which he now works for, and also he has a diary column in a publication called Byline Times. Peter, you're very welcome to the stand. On the 26th of December, you wrote a piece, it was published in Middle East Eye, about the rise in Islamophobia in Britain as a consequence of this conflict. And it's taken quite some time. But last week in Britain, this row really was very, very ominous indeed. The speaker's rationale for refusing the SNP's right to set the the terms of the debate was that he was frightened for the lives of people, members of the Commons, who might speak out. And the implication was that they were threatened by Islamists. And Keir Starmer, of course, was the person we know now, who threatened Lindsay Hoyle, a former Labour MP, because if that motion of the SNPs had been put to the House, a deep divide in the Labour Party would have been exposed. That's the nub nub of it, isn't it? I think so. I mean, the background is to the SNP motion that the two major parties in Britain, i.e. the uh, Conservatives in in government and Labour, uh, led by Sir Keir Starmer, have both... Uh, supported, thrown their weight behind Netanyahu's Israel in its conduct of the um, war in Gaza. Um, now, they both failed to call for a ceasefire, and uh, they both, um, you know, Britain continues to s- supply arms to Israel, give it dip- diplomatic support, and so on. Uh, and so, what, so the SNP to upset this sort of cosy establishment consensus at the heart of uh, power in Britain, which um, uh, put it put in a ceasefire motion, um, it was saying we want a ceasefire, and uh, it was very embarrassing, in particular to Labour, because quite a lot of Kerstarmer's MPs are appalled by his own position, and. Um, Keir Starmer, it, it, does, it does seem, according to a very, my friend Nick Watts, who was the political editor of Newsnight, he says that Nick Starmer threatened the speaker that yes. it'd be when Labour got into power, they, that would be the end of that might be the end of the speaker. They couldn't get Labour's support. Um, it would be that as it may, when the speaker gave in to Labour's uh, emotion, which basically sabotaged the. The, the, S, the SMP demand for a ceasefire uh, and an end to collective punishment in, Ga- in, in Gaza. Uh, all hell broke, broke loose in the House of Commons. Uh, and there was this uproar, particularly uh, among the Tories and the SMP against the Speaker, who then issued this statement 
Uh, and he, he, he two or three, twice he, he said the same thing. He was did, made his decision to protect the safety of MPs. Now, although he didn't, he was very careful not to name who was threatening MPs. You know, but the implication was very heavy, and everybody ran with this all at once. Islamists, these yes. wicked Islamists, these evil Islamists who are threatening uh, Parliament. Now, and had control of the London mayor said he can. Well, this case will come on. You know, this is that where it starts off, though, with the, the speaker making this statement, and then suddenly the narrative stops being bullying Keir Starmer, uh, forces this weak speaker to. To, to sabotage the SNP motion, it suddenly becomes these evil extremist radical Islamists threatening the safety of MPs and um, the Speaker giving in to that, you know, looking at, you know, deciding to rescue MPs from threats to their safety. And this became a kind of moral panic in the British papers of the kind we've seen before against Muslims. Yes. And everybody, almost everybody joined in. Um, look, and I... Uh, I pointed out in the Middle East, there's zero evidence. Yes. And there's a reason. Look, to threaten the safety of anyone, let alone, you know, including an MP, is a criminal offence. If you intimidate somebody physically or attack them, it's, you know, it's or threaten to attack them, it's a criminal offence, a very serious criminal offence, including online threats. Now, where where, where have the arrests been? But yeah, it's worth pointing out that there have been a number of very large pro-Palestinian demonstrations in London that would give them cover. There's been no violence in these marches. It's just been protests, uh, you know, in the best traditions of Britain, actually. So that gives them a kind of cover. I note that Robert Jenrick, a former cabinet minister, was speaking in the comments last week. He said, we can't... Uh, quote, allow our streets to be dominated by Islamist extremists, i.e. anyone marching in support of Palestine and the Palestinians uh, could be an Islamist extremist. Now, I've been on um, one of these and they they went on, you know, don't say, you know, that Jews are unsafe in central London. Well, I, I, I've been on uh, a couple of these events um, and the one I the, I went for one where I was marching with the Jewish bloc. I mean, uh, and yeah. uh, it, you know, the, the, certainly there are some Muslims. A lot of Muslims very naturally care about what's going on in Gaza, but loads of other people of all uh, races and um, uh, you know, including lots of white Britons um, uh, and and religions and so on. And so this is a, a really disgraceful attempt, which has been going on right from the start and encouraged by the Sunak government to make out that these peaceful pro-Palestinian protesters against the forest and ceasefire and protesting against what is the International Court of Justice has said. I mean, it's such a serious thing. You know, it's plausibly maybe a genocide. So uh, are some of our hate marchers, as, as Suella Braverman yes. called me, because me, I think, you know, a hate marcher, somebody driven by hatred of uh, of Israel or Jews. I mean, it's, it's outrageous what we're doing at a time when this is going on, that we should be accused of being filled by hate when we are trying to 
just uh, uh, express our dismay at British government policy, which is supplying arms to a country which appears to be, from television as evidence, committing atrocities and killing, I think so far it's killed at least 30,000 people, to be honest. And yes, I, I, and we don't, know, we don't know what's under the rubble in northern Gaza. Um, don't talk about it, the smell of death. And yes. Uh, uh, Twelve, something like twelve thousand children. I mean, I, I, it's so. And to be, uh, I think these. And uh, so, what you're seeing is an attempt to demonise, yes, peaceful protesters against what they see as 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 the uh, illegal actions of, of Israel, which is a very close ally of Britain, and Britain's part of it because we are giving them support. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware, weather ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Now, Peter, you resigned from the Daily Telegraph, where you were chief political uh, columnist in 2015. You had been a, a colleague of Boris Johnson's in the, at The Spectator. You'd been fond enough of him. You were one of the most respected journalists. You worked for The Mail, The Telegraph. I've been reading your stuff for many, many years now. The press in England... And there's, you, you provide evidence elsewhere in what, what you've been writing recently. The New York Times, no less, involved in a terrible scandal, urging slaughter in Gaza. But without the press whipping up this, it would really be empty rhetoric. But it's the press, is it not, in Britain, that is really exacerbating all of this and generating the kind of hatred that uh, we may see get worse before it gets better as the Tories try and find what you describe as a wedge issue to fight the next election on. 
and this outburst by their former deputy chairman, who's a bit of a thug, it seems to me, he works for GB News, is only going to make matters worse, isn't it? Yeah. By the way, I think that the, the New York Times story, which I haven't followed very closely, it's one of their correspondents yes, liking tweets, which from from memory uh, supported a slaughter in, in, in Gaza. Yes. Well, so I did to accuse the New York Times itself, but it's one of their correspondents who yes. they are now correctly and to their credit, I suppose, um, investigating. I, I, but um, well, we have seen a outbreak of virulent, as, as I must say, I did predict would happen, virulent racism, actually, and yes. uh, and I think Islamophobia. Um, uh, I mean, uh, it, over the last week, the former Home Secretary, Suella Braverman, talked about Islamists being in charge in Britain. Now, this is basically, and Islamist is really a code word, in my view, for, for just Muslim. I mean, it's, and this is a, I mean, imagine if a British politician had said that Zionists were in charge in Britain. They would rightly be fired, you know. It's, yes. it's, it's, these are conspiracy, anti-Semitic, you know, that would be an anti-Semitic trope. This is an Islamophobic trope. Uh, then you have, I'll come on to Lee, 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 um, Lee Allison. Well, you, yes. there's, there's a lot of these, and there's this Paul Scully, another MP, saying there are no-go zones. Yes. In Lunds, um where non-Muslims can't go, in in Birmingham and Manchester, uh, Birmingham and London. I mean, this is nonsense, and this is another Islamophobic trope. At the heart of this is Sunak and his weakness and his desperation to find these. This is a classically a wedge issue to fight an election. They seem to have very little chance of winning. Indeed, there's a by-election this week, if I'm not mistaken, a couple. Now, my my analysis of uh, Sunak is that he actually has decided to use, um, this is the only way I can make sense of his conduct, the conduct of the Conservative Party, use uh, Islamophobia, the pillaring of minorities, as a way of making winning ground at the next election. It's very important to understand, if you look at the polls, the Tories are way behind now. They have barely 20% sometimes in the polls. Yes. Labour's over 40%. But it isn't some story Tory, Tory strategist saying as bad as that, because you have the Reform Party, which is basically the latest incarnation of UKIP. It, it is racist, uh, in my view. Uh, and the Reform Party uh, is on 10, 12%. Now, if the Tories can, uh, you know, can somehow uh, get, get the, those 10, 12% of, of reform voters, suddenly they've got that, you know, it's much more respectable than yes. in the mid, mid-30s, mid-30s in the polls. Now, um, and so I think what they have decided, and it's disgusting, is to aim at getting racist folk voters uh, to vote for them come in, come the next election. These are the red wall seats that, for example, that might, they feel that where Brexit went down well and Boris Johnson was able to use his rhetoric to stir up racism, really, and immigration fears, that's where they're trying to save some of those seats, aren't they? I, I, so, I think, I, I assume this must be right. And let's not forget also that Liz Truss was sitting there while the Islamophobe far-right uh, thug Tommy Robinson was being praised by Steve Bannon. Yes. He just sat there nodding along as far as, I mean, she didn't, yes. didn't sort of challenge this. And this is, 
the Tory party moving into something like the kind of terrain of an old national front. And this rem- reminds me rather of what, do you remember, we're both old enough to remember it just about, I think, Eamon, the moment when Edward Heath sacked Enoch Powell. I do indeed remember it, yes. And uh, Enoch Powell, uh, you know, he, he made a speech in, um, I think it was Birmingham. Rivers of Blood. Yes, Wolverhampton. Rivers of Blood. And he quoted a constituent of his saying, in 15 yes. years' time, the black man will have the whip hand. Uh, and, and, and he rather admirably, very admirably, actually, yes. it was a wonderful moment in post-war history, sacked him and got him, got rid of him. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and after that, you thought, well, the Tories have said goodbye to racism. But what is happening now, the Tories are saying hello to racism. Yes. They, they want it, I think. Uh, and so you get Liz Truss. You, I mean, there are too many of these episodes which suggest that something has gone very ugly and wrong with the Conservative Party. It's a job of a, all countries, all countries, almost without exception, have a racist element, a bigoted element in them. And it is a job of a leader, like your own T-shirt, who I greatly admire, yes. to calm these down, you know, not to, to, not to rile them up. Yes, indeed. And there were our own political class here, our government, and indeed all right across the Dáil, which is our parliament, there is the absence of that kind of, and in the case of the Ukrainian-Russia conflict, there's 100,000 Ukrainians here now, and we haven't really got necessarily excess room, shall we say, but there's also, we have Minister of Foreign Affairs, Michal Martin, former Taoiseach, former Prime Minister, who has been very forthright about Israel and what they're doing, and indeed very supportive of the South African case that was taken to the International Court of Justice. One of the things, Peter, I'd like to put it to you, because very much the story of your brilliant journalism, but the fact that you had to leave mainstream journalism is telling. And we don't have in this country a media, we don't have one newspaper that would really pick up, if you like, on the Lee Andersons and all the other racists who are hanging around, the Liz Trusses and, and those people. The point I want to get your opinion on is the media matters, doesn't it? Yeah, well, we should say, of course, here yeah, that the uh, the Prime Minister denies that Lee Anderson's comments uh, were racist. I dare say Mr. Anderson does too. I think he'd... Um, um, and, and Liz Truss, I suppose her, she just stayed silent while... Um, Nick, not Nick Robinson. Um, Tommy Robinson was being um, yes. praised, you know. So I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm careful about, but they're certainly whipping. The, the effect of this is to whip up uh, the demonization and I would say potentially hatred of and violence against a British minority group. Yes. Um, which is very ugly, and I think very un-British. We, we, we. We have prided, prided ourselves of being a gentle, decent country. As many people would disagree, including the Irish. I know that. Many Irish would disagree profoundly. But that is what we, our self-image has been. And to see this going on in British politics makes me feel quite ill and ashamed. Yes, and the absence of that kind of media here, we don't have... A GB News is trying to be Fox, isn't it? 
Yeah, no, GB news is very important in this. It's uh, you, Many Irish people may not, luckily for them, not know about it. But it does whip things up. Anderson made his comments there. And there was a very interesting uh, dossier of some of the tweets uh, liked by the owner of it, Sir Paul Marshall, the hedge fund manager. Um, he, tweet, he followed a tweet or liked a tweet saying, you know, civil war is coming. There never has been a country that has remained peaceful with a sizable Islamic presence. Yeah. And this is pure racism, in my view, a conspiracy course, theory. Yes. Very ugly. And that is a major conservative donor whose GB News is, um, you know, and he's, he's, he's very significant in these arguments. Um, and uh, this is, uh, but the press generally is as Islamophobic. It's whipping it up. It's turned this... It's used the remarks made by the uh, speaker, yeah, and it's kind of um, to whip up a, a display of hatred. Now, Biden, is his presidency would be um, not in great shape anyway, Peter, but a young Democrats, any Democrats sort of slightly to the left, Michigan looks gone because they won't come out to vote there. There are 200,000 Arab Americans there, that's a swing state, that you really can't afford to lose. So this Israel-Hamas thing is going to cost Biden the U.S. presidency and hand it to Donald Trump. Again, media having played a big part in it, i.e. Fox News in the case of Donald Trump. So the state of your media really matters, doesn't it? I, I I do think so. I think because what it does is the the media uh, and the politicians feed off each other. Also, I think that a lot of the Islamophobic hate material goes off into the Facebook and the internet, um, and it and there's no real accountability. It's a very good point, case in point. It's when the speaker said. The House of Commons said that you know that the MP's safety was being threatened. There was no sort of saying, "Well, give, we show us the evidence," uh, and there's no skepticism about these these calls. So, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more that the mainstream media in this country, which, as you know, I'm scarcely able to write in for yeah, it's, it's a great loss to British journalism. <laughs> I can tell you, no, it is. I'm not being. I'm not flattering you. For the sake of it, but I actually genuinely used to read your stuff back in the days when you were writing for the Daily Mail, which, in yeah. my opinion, is an obnoxious rag. But and and they may become after me. We have a version of it here, the Irish <laughs> Daily Mail, <laughs> the Irish good. Daily Mail. But um, you, you wrote, and you were free to write, uh, and you wrote brilliantly. Then the Telegraph, which is who owns it now. Well, it's up for grabs. And in fact, one of the, uh, it's for sale because the owners, the Barclay brothers ran into some financial problems. Um, and, uh, one of the potential buyers is GB News, which is, comes up with this very divisive material. Uh, so I, it really worries me. This is yeah, about, GB News seems to model itself on Fox. The idea that Reese yeah, Mogg is a presenter and Farage had a program on there, didn't he? Yes, I think he, as far as all I know, he, I, I'm careful not to watch it, but you know, you can't help coming across it. It's very um, influential in, uh, in shaping public opinion, particularly on the right. It will have a very serious role in deciding the 
in deciding the next leader of the Conservative uh, Party, I guess. Let me ask you just a final question, uh, Peter, about the Israel-Hamas business. I've never seen anything like it. The starvation of young kids, maybe one child left and his mother, father and siblings dead. This kind of Netanyahu-driven overreaction, slaughter, it's going to come back to haunt Israel, will it? Well, you, know, you are right. I mean, I, what the, the horror of what has happened is very grave. Well, if you look at the... I mean, it's terrible. It's one of the most awful things which has happened in the 21st century. It's, it's uh, in my view, a, a, a crime, a yes. cri a great, a, one of the, the greatest crimes of this century among yes. them. Uh, you've got to, you have to, these things do happen from time to time. I mean, there was the well, very underreported massacre of the Rohingya Muslims in, um, in, in Myanmar uh, yes. seven or eight years ago. You have the, um, of course, the um, absolutely monstrous, and, and, you know, the Rwanda genocide, of course, massively, um, big, much, much bigger than this, uh, Srebrenica and so yes. on. But it, we, it is the case that the international course of justice has has said there is a case to be answered by Israel that it is committing uh, genocide. It's also given certain instructions and, uh, about how Israel should uh, conduct itself. And it can be that in due course uh, this case will be resolved. It probably won't be fully heard. It's only allegations or you know, a plausible case for genocide at the moment, but there will be a judgment at which case, this awful crime, and at which case, um, Mr. Netanyahu and others will be, um, will potentially find himself, uh, in the dock. Um, and so I wonder maybe, you know, if that is going to be, if that is the case, and of course, of course, for us find that genocide has been committed, well, you know, is, has America, has the U.S. president, uh, genocide Joe, as some of his critics, yes. which some famous, I think, call him. Yes. Will, will Genocide Joe, um, you know, he be held responsible too? Because America, of course, is continuing to supply arms. It's, um, you know, America providing all the support which Israel could want. Uh, and I, 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 I wonder about certain, about Britain too. We continue to, to, to supply arms. We yes. rejected the. Uh, you know the the court. We attack the the court. Yes. Um, and uh, you know, uh, to what extent does David Cameron, Rishi Sunak, uh, be held responsible too? There's an awful lot here at stake, and it 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 shames the West that it is we are so one sided in this. Yes. And that is why I think very late in the day you were talking about the political consequences for Biden. I think he is pushing for a ceasefire. Uh, but it's very difficult for America to uh, be a part, uh, not to be a, seen as wholly partisan in this. Yes, indeed. And of course, if Donald Trump gets to power, he will be uh, even more helpful to Netanyahu and to Vladimir Putin. Who would have thought? <laughs> well, <laughs> my feeling, for what it's worth, I have a slight hope that we, it's a few months to go, that when, by the time we get to election day in November that maybe neither Mr. Biden nor Mr. Trump will be um, representing their two once great parties. 
Okay, Peter. It's a joy always to talk to you. We're very grateful to Peter. His latest book is called The Fate of Abraham, Why the West is Wrong About Islam. It's out in paperback now. And we're grateful to Peter, of course, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.